bucket lists. There's something that most people have. Do you have one? What's on yours? Swimming in bioluminescent waters? Watching a glacier calving? Seeing the brilliant shades of autumn in New England? Eating at a Michelin-starred restaurant? Filling the spray from Niagara Falls? Learning to speak another language? Backpacking and sleeping under the stars? Painting something worthy of hanging on your wall? Seeing a moose in person? Seeing the cherry blossoms over the basin in DC? Visiting a European castle? Rediscovering a relationship that went dormant for 20 years? Writing a novel? Traveling to all 50 states? What about visiting the country where your great-grandparents were born? Swimming under a waterfall? Learning to play soccer? Making homemade bread? There are many things you can put onto your bucket list. None of these items I just listed are actually on mine, but not for the reason you might think. They aren't on my bucket list because I don't have a bucket list. I actually don't believe in them. Stick around. I'd love to give you some food for thought on why perhaps you shouldn't have one either. Welcome to The Grit Show, growth on purpose. I'm grateful you found our community of seekers and thrivers growing together. I'm your host, Shauna Rodriguez, and this is Thursday Thoughts. These episodes come out each Thursday. These are one-on-one episodes that are a little shorter and aren't the conversational format of the interviews we have on Tuesdays. Last week, I promised to tell you more about some news last summer that rocked my world a bit and had a surprising lesson about bucket lists. You should feel honored too. What we're talking about today is something I haven't talked about with many of my nearest and dearest friends, which is very strange. I'm a fairly open book, but as the story unfolds, I think you'll understand why it's a story rarely shared. For the sake of time, we are skipping right to the punchline. Last July, immediately following an amazing week in Kauai, I was to have an MRI, meant to evaluate if I may have multiple sclerosis due to family history, as well as some other questionable symptoms I was experiencing. Fortunately, when I read the results, they led with no imaging suggestive of multiple sclerosis. I was thrilled. However, at the end of the results, there was a bunch of garbled words and confusing comments that had to do with five spots that were indeterminate. They were atypical for some random big words and more typical of metastatic disease. He would think, since my mother died of metastatic melanoma, that I would have instantly known what that meant. But again, there were a lot of big terms being thrown around, so I called my doctor. They got me in by 10 a.m. I called at 8 a.m. as soon as they opened, after reading my results at 7 a.m., not long after I got up, and having the MRI completed at 6.30 p.m. the night before. All very fast. I'm sure you're not shocked that by 11 a.m., I was sobbing in the parking lot in my SUV and wishing my fiance didn't have a job, which meant he was assisting in the surgical room and not able to be disturbed during the day. I had a referral to a neuro-oncologist, and with my history, symptoms, and the results of my MRI, it was highly suspected that I had metastatic brain cancer, which could only be diagnosed through finding the original cancer elsewhere in my body or by seeing how drastically these spots had metastasized in three to six months. I know I should have been grateful that they weren't going to biopsy my brain, but I was at a loss that they didn't have a clearer and quicker way to give me answers. I mean, 
In today's age, waiting three to six months to find out if you had a cancer with a median survival rate of three to six months after diagnosis didn't really add up for me. I had these highly suspicious spots on my brain and no answer for them yet. It was strange to have this guillotine hanging over me with no knowledge if it was a mirage or not. I, like many of you perhaps, have been a little estranged from my friend network through the pandemic. An actual diagnosis would have meant mobilizing them and bringing them together and having that support. But this phantom diagnosis, it was a nuisance. It was a confusing complication in the background. I saw very quickly how disorienting and overwhelming it was for the few people closest to me who did know and that I did tell. Why on earth would I destabilize others when there was no action to be taken, no diagnosis to fight against, no knowledge if we were really looking at the worst case scenario? And all of this stress and worry might be in vain because I didn't actually have it. It was a complicated three to six months. So why am I sharing all of this with you? Why is it important to now talk about my summer of brain cancer? I think the biggest reason is that as overwhelming and as exhausting as it was, one thing stood out to me. And that was that I didn't have a long list of things that I needed to rush and accomplish. When my mother was battling her cancer and when she was so sick, we kept planning trips that were getting canceled and we couldn't complete. I remember being in her hospital room when we were supposed to be in Kauai and our friends were there in the house I'd rented, but we weren't because she had taken a turn that meant her doctors would not approve the trip. She never got to see Niagara Falls. She never got to go to Norway. We never got to do all of these things we talked about doing because her illness prevented it. And yet here I was with the health to go wildly do anything I needed to do if I really thought I only had three to six months to live and no need to do anything. I had published my novel. I had traveled to Europe. I'd gone to Costa Rica. My fiance and I had just come back from an amazing trip to Kauai. I bought the house that I was told was too big for me, that was perfect, that I loved. I took the job to do some incredible, fabulous work, even though they required me to move across the country. I've been to all 50 states. I have loved deeply. I found the love of my life. There was those pieces where I wish I had more time with him where I wanted to spend every minute with him and it hurt me to think of him being without me. It hurt me to think of who I was leaving and what I was leaving, but I didn't need anything more because I'd done all of those things. And in the end, they came back in September and things looked good, but they were still being a little cagey about giving me a clear clear sign and then they decided in December that it was actually something they weren't worried about so I joke that I have freckles on my brain and that's why I have all these symptoms that I have that led them to believe that it was something else and so in the end it really was 
for not like all of the appointments expenses stress and glad I didn't stress out more of my friends with my story of thinking that was the case when we went to Hawaii at the end of June right before the rule out a metastatic brain cancer one of my friends has said to me how much she loved that I did that that my life has so many dips and so many things going on and things happening but every time I come up for air I come up for air and I'm going to Hawaii or I'm going to Costa Rica or I'm going to the beach for the day by myself and I'm finding the space and finding the way to take care of myself because I realize that there's going to be another another sticky spot and sometimes you can't even predict them because honestly <laughs> there have been a few things that I haven't been able to predict but you know the potential diagnosis of metastatic brain cancer really did not see that coming and it's even more amusing since I did not have that so it was just a detour for three to six months of tiptoeing around that potential that was actually never really a threat when that happens all you can do is walk away with the benefits you gained and fortunately I realized that benefit within the first week although it was overwhelming to conceptualize this uncertain future that I couldn't even try to chart out because I like to chart things out, right? The hardest thing for me was the uncertainty of this hanging over me. And I can't imagine adding to that levels of regrets of friends I had lost touch with, places I'd never gone, of work and potential that I'd never lived up to, ways I wanted to impact the world that I'd never been able to do. Do you remember the list of items at the beginning of the show? Each of those is something I've actually done, and I cherish the fact I made them happen. It's not as hard as you might think. Instead of making a list, you decide, is this something I really want to do? If so, why aren't I doing it? If not, why am I wasting my time daydreaming about it? If I'm daydreaming about going to New Zealand, but I hate long plane trips, what is it I really want? Time with a friend who went on that trip without me? Time at a beach I can drive to? Time off, period? Then whichever of those, plan for that. Take those first steps. If it's time at the beach you can drive to, find time to take off and do that. Make the plans to have the car serviced, whatever steps you need. What's standing in your way? Remove the obstacle or accept the obstacle. Stop making it a bucket list. Let go of the things that aren't meant for you, that you don't really want. Or decide it is what you really want and start moving towards it and get things out of your way so you can get it done. Life throws some curveballs at you. It'll definitely slow you down, but you can't let it stop you. I hope that as you think about this and think about things that you want and that you are striving for, that you find the oomph that we don't know about tomorrow. All we have is today. So we have to make the most of it. I'm curious if there's a better way I could have told my story, but I'm here showing up, being authentic, sharing my truth the best I can, and hopefully encouraging you to do the same. I hope you make time for yourself this weekend. If you haven't already, please head on over to our website 
and join our mailing list so that you can get a copy of our coloring pages, a little something you can do just for yourself because self-care is important. And who knows, while you're doing your coloring, you might want to just ruminate a little bit. What brings you joy? What you're thankful for? What you want more of in your life? And if there are things that you want to fit in and prioritize, you don't need a bucket list. You need a just do it list. So go out there and get it done. You can also jump over and follow us on Instagram at the.grit.show. We have 10 coloring books to give away this month for the culmination of a $50 gift card. Instagram and our mailing list is the best way to learn all about that. So get over there and join us. I'll be here again next week and I can't wait to connect with you again then. Until then, take care of you. I mean it. You're the only one of you that this world has got and that means something.